Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for GWBC Radio's Open for Business. Now, here's your host. Welcome to GWBC's Open for Business. This is Lee Cantor, and this is going to be a fun episode. Today, we have with us Sonia Locke, and she's with an organization called EDS Service Solutions. Welcome, Sonia. Thank you very much, Lee. Look forward to talking to you. Well, tell us a little bit about your work. Uh, How do you serve folks at EDS? Um, So EDS Service Solutions is a national outsourcing managed services and staffing partner for many Fortune 500 companies, primarily in travel, airport industry, hospitality, and the delivery sectors. So we provide... On a smaller basis, we've provided consultancy and augmented staffing, but for most of our clients that we work with, we provide functional management for an entire department, meaning that we will put in the actual logistical um, goals for that, uh, have customer service and delivery goals. We would then hire and employ everyone from the manager down to the field and workers and Some locations we may have 10 full-time staff. Some locations we actually have 200 full-time staff. And we serve as a partner for our clients, basically kind of an extension of their business to provide the full functional services for um, whether it be in the car rental sector where we would control moving of, of all of their fleet, cleaning their fleet, having it ready for rental to something more in the last mile delivery delivering products once it gets into a certain city to the actual consumer. So we provide the full outsourcing um, function of that, as well as the recruiting and hiring and um, human resources for managing that workforce. So how did you get into this line of work and what made you choose this uh, specialty? It actually became, it's a very small niche all the way back to when Atlanta was first hosting the Olympics. That was my first business. And we, we started with client with um, Avis Car Rental at the airport. At that time, we were much more traditional staffing. And with the Olympics coming, they were really needing to augment their staff to have enough people to get vehicles from all over the place. And um, we just did a very good job. Our focus was more on human resources and finding talent. So we brought college kids in. Um, you know, people that wanting part-time jobs as professionals. Um, we had a very different workforce than what the airport was used to. And we had some logistical ma- management systems to where instead of just them telling us we need 10 people, we would tell them, actually, we can do this job with five people by, based on this workflow. And from that, it kind of grew. And we've been very organic in our growth. We have a couple of very prestigious clients and they tell us what cities they need help in. And that's been our primary way we've grown through, through the years. Um, And it was a very interesting niche that we kind of found and have, like I said, expanded that into also the hospitality and the last mile delivery sector as well. Now that's a great lesson for our listeners that are business owners that, um, these are some things that you can't really plan for, but you were open to it and then you just let it kind of play out and then just focused on the area that you can serve and that worked with your skill set, and then just kind of organically expanded that you were open to that though. Yeah. And I would always say one of my, my favorite lessons that I'm, that I've always had a motto early in life is that 
never chase the money. Um, that will come to you if you follow your passion and what you're good at and your job. And that's no matter what was thrown to us with our clients, we always had what our core function was as a business and how we could best partner with our clients and not be more in a vendor um, client relationship, but more truly a partnership. How can we service them and what are our core strengths and, and expanding from that. Um, but I definitely believe that, yeah, you have to be open for the opportunities and for the changes. And I think especially with what's going on right now in our world, there's going to be a lot of changes over the next couple of years and adapting to um, more flexible solutions with your business while maintaining your core competencies. It's important. And when you're uh, the people you're working with view you as a partner, they look at you as part of the solution, not as part of the problem that, right? Yes. And um, that that's why all of our partners, we've had them for very long term and they've trusted us. And we've been having through like all these, uh, these complexities that's going on right now, we have open communications every week and really discuss ideas back and forth, like trying to get, um, PPE equipment to the employees and creating a safe work environment that creates a partnership because we're on site at our clients facilities and we're working hand in hand with their employees and their management teams. So communication is critical at any time of um, whether it be an emergency or just even a growth strategy. So now what are your kind of um, open for business uh, ways that you have to deal with the safety issues with your employees right now that you're implementing and maybe you can share with our listeners? Yeah, and that has been varied. So because we are at the airport, we're considered essential workers and our employees have been working through this whole time period, including in markets like San Francisco, which was our first one that had a shelter in place order. Um and we started dealing with this like early March um, before it had gone into the full April time period. So the first thing that we really had to do was, I think it was like March 8th. I was actually coming back from my daughter's spring break and had started seeing all the stuff with the, the virus, how it was spreading. And the first thing was trying to get critical supplies that we knew were going to be necessary, such as hand sanitizers, disinfectants. Um, Later, we added, um, or of course, gloves, things like that. And even early on, most of the supply chain had already started breaking. So we had to look at multiple sources, get connections with more industrial type cleaning supply places and procure those. And even with procurement, you're always looking at two weeks out time period. So first step was, of course, like I said, the disinfectant um, posters, you know, having very... Um, immediate policies on what to do if an employee is sick, you know, making sure that they're staying home, being flexible in terms of, you know, not promoting people coming into work that are sick, um, promoting hand washing, sanitation, um, using hand sanitizers, gloves. Um, once the mask ordinance was also released, even though it's not required, you know, we had a hard time procuring masks. We had already started working on them, but we were still waiting on ship shipping time. So, we had videos on how people could make their own cloth mask. I actually had several of my VPs that had family members sewing masks for our employees. Um, so promoting that to where, um, and now we're actually also implementing uh, temperature checks where we will take the employee's temperature before they come to work. But 
all of it has been one on the PPE equipment is really trying to cast your net wide, um, go outside of just, you know, a Costco and places like that, because everyone's hitting that to find more um, direct routes to the supply chain and planning everything two to three weeks ahead of time. If you start hearing news like the face mask, when they started making gentle recommendations for it, at that point, if you're not already implementing a policy ahead of that, then um, you're going to be behind the eight ball in terms of not being able to get the, the equipment you need. Um, we've also had some sites that did have to close down that were not at the airport, not essential functions. And now we're going into the process of reopening it. You know, how do we make sure um, the social distancing is another big factor we've had to take into consideration is how to lay out our facilities and our workflow to allow for social distancing for our employees. And just kind of having a checklist of, you know, one, do you have the proper cleaning protocols? Do you have your scenarios for what if somebody tests positive? How do you do contact tracing to make sure that you inform all the right people? What's the disinfecting process? Um, especially with facilities that we don't necessarily own, what is that facilities? So there's a, a lot of factors that have gone into it and keep on getting refined and changed on a daily basis. Now, how do you, um, from a human to human level, how do you kind of help the employees kind of deal with this level of uncertainty and fear that might be cropping up? Yeah, there has been a lot of fear, and and that is where it has been critical training our managers and my regional managers and having constant communication to get back down to the employees. Uh, <coughs> if an employee is not feel comfortable going back to work, the first thing is, you know, we don't know why they might not be comfortable. They may be taking care of an elderly person in their home. You know, they may be part of um, the vulnerable population, you know, we have to be empathetic to what their fear is. And then also we have to provide those safeguards for them, which is um, all the PPE equipment and having a set organized plan. Like this is how we're handling it. And this is what we recommend. Um, obviously, like I said, we've been more flexible on sick leave in terms of if we need to send an employee home, um, making it not affect them as much. And the other part is we did have to furlough a large majority of our staff early on because the volume strictly wasn't there. And we chose to furlough versus laying off because we knew we were going to bring our people back. Um, and I think that's also a thing that by communicating it to the employees, hey, this is no fault of your own. We provided them exactly how they could get unemployment. We kept their health insurance benefits throughout that time period and we are communicating with them. So, you know, we, we said it's a 30-day furlough and then 30 days is to our time to call them back. So uh, there's a lot of steps to try to make an employee feel comfortable. But I think the, the first is you have to kind of also listen to them and make sure that you're not blanketly trying to say, oh, everybody is in this scenario. People have different comfort levels. And as an employer, the best you can do is make sure you're communicating and really providing a plan and protection for them. Now let's talk a little bit about GWBC. How has that organization impacted your business and maybe helped you through this? Because I know they're doing a good job of sharing information as quickly as they get it with their members. 
Yeah, they have been very excellent at that. They've had a lot of very fascinating webinars. Um, and we get mailed to the different, uh, into our inboxes. Um, and so we have some that I have my HR team kind of look at. And I have others that is more on kind of um, business growth and risk. So they're them getting the information out and having these different formats has been very instrumental. And having a network of women businesses I think is also um, just, it's, it's very impactful is you at this time, no one in, has been through exactly a crisis like this and you need to have a network of other companies and other um, business leaders that you can talk to, to get their opinions on how they're handling things and to find your best practices working through and navigating all the information that's out there. Now, have you had and had to spend any of your time with your clients to help them kind of brainstorm maybe pivots or some changes that they're going to have to make in this new environment that maybe they can leverage your strengths? Yes, actually, we've had very extensive talks on it um, and have been working with our clients directly on pilot programs where it is a different factor of their business that may be... um, more in the future. Um, also, as we go to contactless deliveries and different models like that, how do we promote that and change our um, our workflow or our patterns to make sure that we can train people and get, get accustomed to what this new normal is going to be? But we have pretty much talks with our clients. Um, some of my, my managers may talk to them almost every day but then on a higher level, I will usually speak to their higher levels at least once a week or every other week, really just to discuss all of these things, whether it be pivoting to safety and to you know new workplace measurements. Um, how do we accomplish this and what are they wanting um, and what are they looking at doing and offering our expertise as far as what we've seen as well in this process. And listening to seminars such as what the Georgia Women's Council can give us too. Now, are you seeing any silver linings in that anything you're doing now that you've had to do in um, because of the crisis that you'll be like, hey, you know what? This when this crisis is over, we may still want to implement this, or maybe this will open up some other line of business that we hadn't thought of previously. Yes, there's a couple of different things with that. Um, And I do think that from this, there is a silver lining. There's going to be so much innovation that's going to be coming out. Um, On a business pivoting level, we've never really had to have a huge sales department because of our relationships with our clients. They kind of call us and we grew organically. But now I've repositioned some of my recruiters and um, my operations managers into my sales team, and they're having a lot of successes because they know what talent database we have and what our people are capable of to find more vertical industries, such as delivery has been a big um, change of focus, as well as janitorial. Everybody's looking at different verticals. Um, And that's one thing that has really come positive from this is we have the transferable skills as far as what we're capable of and our systems in place. We've kept our key management. Um, so it's been exciting seeing people change their roles and people we would not have expected that actually did have a better sales background because they were business consultants. 
Um, but on an internal thing, you know, video conferencing has been our biggest, um, I think, new future that we will have. And it has been a lot of fun. Um, we have literally 10 different platforms we've tried. I've been most impressed with Zoom as the easiest um, and most stable internet connected wise. And what we see is we have our conference calls, which we always had a, a Monday morning conference call for our regionals from all over the country, but it was a phone call. And now we're doing these in big Zoom meetings and everybody's in their different locations, but we've always been spread out throughout the country. So it's it's a much more personal way to connect face-to-face. Um, we also have had operations calls every morning for about an hour and it's just kind of like a stand-up. And we have people from six different states that call in. And we're just talking about communication that's going to go out to our managers in the field. So um, the other thing is our corporate office. We we set up a system to where we could work at home. And we've been working at home for like the last month. So we kind of had all of my key functions having two offices. So they have the office set up at the house and then they have the office set up at um, the corporate office. So it provides a lot more flexibility to respond in emergencies like that and some opportunities for people to remote work, which they are able to do at the full productivity level. So now um, if somebody wanted to learn more about your organization and have a more substantive conversation, is there a website? Yes, our website is um, www.edsservicesolutions.com. Well, Sonia, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work. Thank you. Thank you. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on GWBC Open for Business.